0: a lot of people should be on this topic. I think we talked to this guy when the book came out. It's, he's the author of The Boy Crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Warren Farrell saying this.
1: What I found is that in the prison population, in the ISIS population, in the mass shooter population, they all have in common a very high percentage, about 90 percent, dad-deprived boys. And what happens when boys are dad-deprived is they don't have a male role model to channel their testosterone constructively. Um, and, so you do, and, and, and the male role model tends, in, a, in addition to being just a male role model, uh, dads tend to be much tougher on boundary enforcement, and the boundary enforcement creates postponed gratification, which leads the boys to being able to be successful at school or successful in sports, to feel more proud of themselves, not ashamed of themselves, not withdrawing, not feeling like an outsider wow how good is that
2: well it's absolutely fantastic and i would love to dig deep into that whole question because it's there is so much emotional illogical uh rhetoric being thrown around um the idea that to say that is to somehow attack the single moms of the world. And single moms have become this weird sort of godhead in America now where every politician constantly is mentioning single moms and how important it is to blah, blah, blah. And, and that's fine. And, and some of y'all are better off without the man or it was an accident or whatever. To say that a pitcher really needs a catcher is not a judgment as to the pitcher's sincerity as a baseball player.
0: How many households is it true for where you do have mom and dad or a man and a woman uh, where the dad tends to be what he just said, more of the boundary setter, the more of no, we're not going to get that than the mom
2: is? That's just that's right. it's what I grew up with. That's what happens in our house and the people I know. Well, and anybody who would deny that the, the, the vast majority of dads and moms conform to the following description is just... They haven't observed enough of life. Mom, frequently, when little boy, little girl falls down skin's knee, is about concern, comfort, healing, etc. cetera. And dads are often, you're going to be fine. Pick yourself up. You're fine. Don't worry about it. It's just a little scrape. And we need both of those things. We need the balance. Have since the dawn of man. And to deny that is politically correct Nonsense. Which is not to say the single moms of the world or the single dads of the world aren't trying their damnedest and don't love their kids.
0: But don't get into the stupid zero-sum argument. Right. Whether it's
2: one or the other, that's just ridiculous. Right. To be pro-dad, you need not be anti-mom. Only an idiot would think that way. Why do I attack? Why do I lash out? We're talking about angry people lashing out and look at me. Probably because I really want a donut and I'm not going to have one. His
0: stat. Can you play the first part of that again? Because the stat is so good.
1: Same approach at Google. That's uh, Ted Cruz. That is and a Ted. L
0: Y and apostrophe.
1: What, what I found is that in the prison population, in the ISIS population, in the mass shooter population, they all have in common a very high percentage about 90% dad deprived boys. Okay,
0: so there you go. ISIS, the people in prison, and your mass shooters, 90% dad deprived. That's an overwhelming. That's not just the majority of or it tends to lean that way. Sure. Now that's practically everybody.
2: Right. Wow. And and as we learned the other day the the four commonalities uh, that are virtually 100% among these mass murderers uh, my prefer, preferred term is that um uh, is that they experience trauma, violence, abuse, uh, neglect, uh, bullying, that sort of thing. Um and a lot of that, you know, comes from fatherlessness or if you've got a father who's a monster, um, same thing. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Which, again, uh, and it's, you know, one of the challenges of doing this radio show is that we're not doing a six-hour-long podcast. Um, there's There are nuances. There are there's tangents and tangents on those tangents that I think are pretty important to talk about. But we just don't have time. So spare us the angry email. Are you guys saying? We just we don't have time to get to all of it. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, my husband was abusive and blah, blah, blah. You think I should have stuck with him? That sort of thing. I'm just saving you the, the time it would take to write it and send it. We're not talking about that. But anyway, we got this absolutely fabulous note. It's um, it's related. It's from um, Rose, um, who's an English teacher, high school English teacher. I'm talking about um, disconnected, angry, purposeless uh, young men. As a high school inner city English teacher, for 30 plus years, I found what worked for me for angry, turned off and sullen young men. And this, oh my God, this is so out of uh, uh, Jordan Peterson and his book, 12 Rules for Croquet? Life. Success, life? Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, life, yeah. not croquet. Anyway, it's this is so out of that. Um, what worked for me. With the turned-off, angry, sullen young men, I would put them in a position of power. She says power. I would use the word responsibility. The first day or two, I would tell them my plan. If we have an actual real-life lockdown or crisis, I would tell the males how they need to help me. Um, take uh, the, the females to the back of the room, how they would be my backup if there would be, say, an active shooter. These young men, for the last 20 years since Columbine, would listen intently and take their stance to heart during school practice drills, as I would describe how they needed to lift my heavy desk and barricade the door and also be my backup. Someone came through the door and would jump on them, they would be my backup to take the gun away. Besides a serious life and death scenario, I would choose these disconnected young men to take my attendance down to the office. After my lesson, I would choose another young man to check my teacher box and bring me back my mail. I would share a private joke with them when they accomplished their task. Tardies, I would have another one or others uh, document, take down the tardies, etc. Empower and recognize the yearnings for recognition. That's what I used. Any behavior problems, male or female, one has to recognize the problem, own it, and figure out what the student needs. Then keep your classroom open during lunch and talk to the students at lunchtime as if they were equals and pose special issues or problems and how to fix them. I would tell all my students how I couldn't believe I was being paid to be with them. Their smiles and their enthusiasm would make the hardest heart soft. Oh, my God. What a gift to humanity. Yeah, Rose, congrats. Don't get a big head or anything. But God bless you. That's beautiful.
0: I'm surprised you get away with that. Um, I mean, can you do that in a modern public school? Say the guys (laughs) are going to set the desk up here. Somebody sues, implying that women aren't strong, Title IX, whatever the hell.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah, that's demeaning to the girls in the class. Uh, That's amazing. And it it just repeats something we've observed over and over and over again. A friend was just telling me about uh, a documentary he'd seen about yet another miserable, failing inner city school that was taken over by a dynamic, demanding uh, black woman. And it was a heavily black neighborhood who said, yeah, nobody's failing around here. I know you can succeed. You're going to succeed. And by God, the kids succeeded. No, it's not as simple as that. They have to be given the tools. They have to be encouraged. They, you know, there's, there's, you know, counseling involved, but it's about high expectations, not about demeaning people and telling them. And this is the most insidious message in American politics in the last century. You can't succeed. You cannot succeed succeed because of your color or where you were born or your religion or whatever. No way. You need me as a politician to save you because you cannot succeed. That is a poisonous, slanderous, horrific message. And if I could stamp it out, I would.
0: There's no doubt about it that the the whole mass shooting thing is primarily a young man thing. And uh, that's why we're talking about this. And we've gotten a whole bunch of texts from people that are young men, were young men, parents raising young men. About what we were just talking about. Our text line's 415 295 KFTC. That's stuff next on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Lost almost
2: fifty billion wow. dollars. Then every customer with a missing AirPod was like, "Sucks losing something, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was
4: charming and relatable. They didn't misplace a stack of fifty billion dollars. It was it's right. the, it's market valuation and the the company's worth. Exactly. It.
2: Thanks, investor Sean.
4: Gosh,
0: I uh... simple. <sighs> I ordered $60 worth of donuts for the office because I wanted donuts. I've eaten a donut and a half. I feel like I'm going to
2: yak. Yeah, that catamaran donut I recommended was pretty good, huh? That thing is made of lead. Is that what they make those boats out of? (laughs) No, it's just got two hulls, so I call them catamaran donuts. (laughs) So,
0: um, for later, the hottest thing in dating is uh, voice notes. It's the hottest new thing. Voice notes, and All we'll explain right. why, and it makes perfectly good sense, and I can see how it has caught on. Um, We got some texts on the whole young men thing and raising young men. We'll get to that in a minute. I, I want to nominate the all-time champion Worst Optics Award. Oh,
2: boy. I think I know where you're
0: going. As I'm looking at this story up on the Today Show, so um, there's a, a little dust-up over this. So, uh, uh, some cops arrest a guy, and that's fine. And they need to uh, basically cuff him. Okay, that's fine. And, right.
2: Okay. You
0: got two white cops. Got to transport him then. Yeah, got to transport him right. to the car or whatever. You got two white cops on horses in cowboy hats, which adds to it. Uh, leading a black man on a rope, right, right. who's who's cuffed behind his back. So the the rope is tied, <sighs> is tying his hands up. Uh, well, kind of looks, tied to him somehow. Yeah, He's okay. probably cuffed. Yeah,
2: tied to the handcuffs. I think. But anyway, being led down the street at the end of a rope by a couple of white cops on horses. Oh
0: my! You thought that was going to look okay to people? Even you know, I don't even know the backstory. Even the guy legitimately should have been arrested. He was doing, he was beating up an old lady and taking her purse. Need to be arrested and cuffed and taken away. You can't, as a couple of white guys on horses, lead bl- leave black men through the streets at the end of a rope. No, that's not going to look good.
2: How worst about, optics I've ever seen. How about one of y'all gets down from your horse, have the other guy lead the horse, and you walk uh, holding onto the guy's arm? For instance, worst optics ever. Galveston, Texas.
0: Galveston police apologize after picture goes viral. <sighs> yeah. Jiminy. Yikes. Yeah, Holy nice. crap. Yeah. I could probably go on for a while.
4: Just a yeah. gentle reminder to people, let's, let's be better. Let's, yeah. let's be more yeah. aware. Let's be better.
2: You know, it was uh, it was a Jordan Peterson who said, don't compare yourself to somebody else now. Compare yourself to yourself yesterday and be better. That's pretty good. I like it.
0: So we just played this clip um, from a guy who wrote the book, and I had it in front of me, and now I've lost Dr. it. Dr. Warren Farrell, author of The Boy Crisis. Yeah, The Boy Crisis, which we've interviewed him before, and it's, it's for real. There is a boy crisis. There has been for quite some time. And we've talked about all the different aspects of it, how you know they've eliminated, eliminated so much of recess and now any boy who acts like a boy in school because it's impossible to sit there and be quiet for for 8 hours a day without running around
2: because they're blessed
0: by God with enormous amounts of energy but that's you know some sort of toxic, toxic masculinity you're displaying and you got to like, drug them um but all kinds of different stuff like that we got this text dad deprived doesn't seem to be uh, doesn't need to be an actual dad Uncles, brothers, grandpas, teachers, neighbors can fill that role. That's true.
2: Yeah. But it's every bit as necessary is when they have an infection, you getting uh, antibiotic. You can't act like that is not a deficit. You must recognize that it is. From the choosing sides, making it
0: political uh, standpoint, we got this text. Um, Well, I'm a single mom, so no judgment. But once again, the left creates the problem, feminism, saying a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Right. Remember that famous book from years ago?
2: Yeah. Single moms Gloria are sacred. Steinem said that and then recanted it and said that was the, one of the worst things she ever said. It's a, a,
0: a powerful book. Huge. Oh, yeah. The, the, I think it was the 50-year anniversary of it was just recently, and they did a big thing of it in the New York Times. If you're fun familiar with the book, uh, A Woman Needs a Man Like a Fish Needs a Bicycle. Single moms are sacred, men are toxic, and then blames the right for the unintended consequences. Mass shootings are blamed on guns and white supremacy. I don't agree with all that, but the, the, the first part of it, I definitely really um, so, But then we got a bunch of angry attacks. That, I don't understand how you can get angry at the concept of kids need a mom and a dad, or at least somebody playing the role of a mom and dad in their lives. Right? How does that make you angry? a bunch of people textures are just really mad about that I don't know if that's it's interesting you didn't have that as a kid and you're and you're still mad about it and you you're, feel like we're judging you as incomplete or something as you're well not as you're not able either as a mom or dad to provide this for your kids and for whatever
2: reason in your current situation and you feel guilty about it I don't know where that comes you know I don't know what it is don't feel guilty do something about it because it's indisputable you're mad listen I, I, this happens to me all the time. I realize things I should deal with that I'm not, and it puts me in a bad mood. I realize that, uh, you know, I have certain uh, issues that I'm not dealing with productively, and it puts me in a bad mood. Uh, J'accuse. I'm accusing you. You are using anger at us to fill the space of you feeling bad about your reality.
0: Or anger at the topic. It doesn't. But. So, like, if I was raising my boys on my own, I'd be horrified that they don't have the mom influence. Right.
2: you got to have that. How about a dad who's raising daughters alone? Do you think he should not find good, strong female role models for his daughters that perhaps they can confide in and ask advice and see how those beautiful, strong women behave? Would you deny that? I think if you did, you'd be crazy, and yet you're denying that reality for boys. I suggest you spend a little time thinking about it.
0: Okay, I think I can pay this off in this amount of time, switching subjects here. Marshall went on a date last night, so he's actually met this person, but voice notes are very popular now. Meet somebody through whatever uh, online app or whatever like that. You exchange phone numbers, you're exchanging texts, but now it's voice notes because it's the idea that hearing somebody's voice tells a lot.
2: And that's, there's no doubt about that. Well, again, that's a reality I think it's hey, obvious. Hey, you want to go out sometime? Ooh, boy, exactly. Yeah, you get that voice much. note? Right. That
0: communicated Uh-oh. a lot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter that you love dogs and drinking wine and blah, 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 hey, if you sound like that. Right. So,
4: I was fixing my skin suit. <laughs> Just joking. Anyway. <laughs> uh, my skin you, suit? You want, oh, boy. You want to go out sometime?
0: <laughs> oh,
4: boy.
0: Or... <laughs>
2: I would like to go out sometime. You don't oh want to either.
0: It works both ways, just to be fair.
2: I don't want to go to a place that serves red meat, and I don't want to go to a place where the waiters wear black, because I think wearing black reminds me of funerals, and I don't want to, well, Okay.
0: And so there's a number of people here quoted here. I will literally will voice note that all dates from here on out. It works so well. I believe it. What a great
2: idea. Wow. So you don't type an email. You, you record, and it's effortless, a little. Hey, my name's Joe. Uh, my wife finally got smart and dumped me after 30-plus mm-hmm. years. Hey, how uh, about uh, Saturday?
0: Saturday <laughs> In text, that sounds pretty good. But you hear me say, Saturday, okay, I really want to go out Saturday. What kind of locks you got on your door? I really want to go out Saturday. <laughs>
3: oh man. What's oh. coming up in your news, Marshall? Congress waving red flags, and one more thing, sad, sad millennials have managed to destroy. Fantastic. <laughs> All along the way
0: on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and
0: Getty. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, boy. So... I hate to bring this subject up, but I think it's so interesting. Maybe I'll talk more about it later. The uh, the, the psycho killer in Dayton, and he was pretty crazy. He was in a band um, for a kind of music that I was unaware of, Porno
2: Grind. Are you familiar with this genre of music? I've heard of dozens and dozens of genres because my son's a musician, songwriter, and keeps me hip to this stuff. I didn't know that one.
0: i would never heard the word in my life. I've now seen videos of various bands. It's a thing. They actually were a real band, played places, recorded an album. I mean, the whole thing. Had followers. What is is it? I can tell you later. It's pretty awful. It's pretty disgusting. What's the matter with the world? I don't know. But the other members of the band say, no, it's just a joke. It's just a pretend. It's it's weird, I realize, for a lot of people. But it's right. just none of okay. us believe any of this stuff. And he apparently actually believed it. Oh, golly. Yeah. Uh, Not in on the joke. Right. News now with Marshall Phillips. Uh,
3: congressional Republicans coming together now around legislation to help law enforcement take guns away from those who pose an imminent danger, a measure that, if signed into law, would be the most significant gun control legislation and enacted in the last 20 years, they're saying. President Trump endorsed the idea on Monday. The laws authorize courts to issue orders allowing police to temporarily confiscate firearms from a person deemed by a judge to be posing a risk of violence. Now, often requests for the orders come from relatives and friends that are concerned about a gun owner who's expressing suicidal thoughts or threatens to harm others.
2: So that is the rough outline of how this would work. We talked about this in, what was it, hour two of the show? Or one? I can't remember. It was a pretty thorough discussion of the constitutional and practical problems with this. It sounds like a good idea, and, and there's definitely a nugget of a good idea in here. But the practicality of weeding out cranks and pranksters and people who just want revenge on others the what what is the standard for uh, of uh, um, what's the constitutional term? How could that flit out of my head? Um, you get your uh, due process um, yeah. to take away constitutional right, and then for how long? You can't just say. I heard from a guy that this guy is, like, really into hate speech, so he doesn't get to exercise the First Amendment anymore.
0: And then for how long? So you're 25. Uh, You're having trouble getting your first job. You just broke up with your girlfriend, whatever. You tell a doctor, I've been thinking about killing myself lately, and you, you know, get on a drug for depression or whatever. Um... So does that... you never get to have a gun or getting in the rest of your life? Well, uh, the... the would that, some, would that happen, be part of the red flag thing? Or, or would they some have hearings a, every right, so yeah. often?
2: And what's that going to cost? Who's going to run them?
0: Right. Because
2: the, uh, the, uh, a lot of people say
0: that they think about killing themselves and don't right. do it or even come close right. to it. That's the reason. That's the point. Right.
3: Confiscation and, would range anywhere from a couple of weeks to a year. I've heard a year, Max,
0: and I guess at that point you'd go back in. Yeah, I, I don't want to come off as somebody who's... Right arguing against any attempt to, I would love it. This Dayton guy, the more I read about him, there's a guy that definitely shouldn't have been able to buy a gun. No doubt about it. Girlfriend who did an interview yesterday and uh, she broke up with him when she realized this guy is crazy right. and broke up with him very gradually and slowly cuz she was afraid he was going to twist off and do something to
1: her. She ought to
2: put out a pamphlet on how to do that. Realizing you have a crazy boyfriend, how to get out of it carefully. I mean, how useful would that be? The book probably exists, but
0: uh, but the biggest hurdle is it being an you know, part of the the Bill of Rights. That's where I mean, I'm surprised there aren't more presidential candidates or politicians in general that really argue about getting rid of the Second Amendment. I mean, if you're going to talk about free health care for illegals, it's not more out there than that politically. To say we got to get rid of the Second Amendment, so some of these laws would be possible.
2: Right, right. I hate the idea, but I could craft that oh, argument yeah. ag- for you. I'm against it. I'm just yeah. surprised you don't hear it. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, and, and just one more thought, because I don't want to be defeatist. Well, go ahead. Do you have another Second Amendment d- thought? Well, just the, the
0: the rights in general. So you're gonna. I, I'm I'm kind of crazy. So I can't own a gun. Can I? Can I? Uh, Gather with other people in a protest?
2: Or do I lose that one also? Can the government uh, go into your your home and or your papers without a warrant signed by a judge? How about cruel and unusual punishment? Trust me, he deserves to be tortured. I mean, er. Uh, if we start suspending rights on the word of a neighbor who says, oh, yeah, he's a crazy lunatic. And I say I don't mean to be a defeatist. I say that with all due respect to those of you who've had crazy next door neighbors. There's almost nothing worse than that. Well, there are plenty of things worse, but it's bad.
0: Um, We've got textures that I don't think should have the right to own a gun. But uh, I, yeah, I, amen don't, I don't get to make that decision. Yeah.
3: On another front, U.S.-China trade war uh, worries certainly shaking things up on Wall Street. Now, more than ever, it is time for Positive Sean's one-word market update. Yes, the markets are
4: tempestuous. Oh. Tempestuous. Okay, uh, what's, well that, what's that mean? Ah, uh, tempestuous. Well, that means... <laughs> <laughs> Jack, <laughs> just off the top of my head. <laughs> it's, it's characterized by strong and turbulent or conflicting emotion.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Well, or or action. Tempestuous seas. Sure. So that's an expression what, you might hear. That's where I usually hear it. Yeah, Tempestuous. Hey, I said it thank right. You, thank you, also, you baby.
0: <laughs> thank you for the voice note. Okay, can we go out Saturday? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> How about Tuesday? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> Turns out. You're too Tempestuous turns out more than one in five millennials say they don't have any actual friends a recently released YouGov poll shows 22 percent of millennials say they've got no actual friends 30 percent say they are always or often feel lonely
2: Th- that is heartbreaking and i will tell you this and i don't think i've ever mentioned this before my eldest um caitlin uh when she was in high school her aunt who was an angel uh god rest her soul Asked her about her friends, and, and Caitlin said, "I have no friends." And her aunt said, "Come on, somebody eat lunch with." And that's she said, "No, I do not have any friends." It was absolutely heartbreaking. Kate's on the spectrum, as they say, and you know has a number of other issues that she's struggling with. With enormous courage, and she's one of my favorite people on earth. But I think it would be really, really good if we, as humanity, could uh, you know have a bigger awareness of that situation, what we can do about it. Um, but anyway. I get it. And, you know, not all those people have uh, autism spectrum disorders or whatever. Um, How much but, of it? W- p-
0: go ahead. But even if you don't, I mean, there are a lot of people with uh, levels of anxiety and all that sort of stuff that didn't exist before. Right. Well, yeah. How, I was, are they some of those people? Like it, my, my youngest son, he's seven. He's never had a friend. He's right. never been to a birthday party. He's never, never done any of the things that his brother's done and most kids do. Um, but a lot. Of, he wants to. He wants to really bad, and sometimes yeah. he cries thinking about it. But he just can't, even if he has the opportunity. With his anxiety, get over the hump of like right. walking into a room full of people.
2: Well, I'll tell you this, and and your son's a special case, certainly. But you know, I've always been a guy who enjoys uh, solitude. I'm kind of a loner in a way. Um, most loners need contact too. But uh, but m- my life as a 20th century kid grown up. Um, it was all about contact. Contact was unavoidable, real human interaction, because I loved to play baseball. So I was on a baseball team, and I had coaches and teammates and the rest of it, and school and, and church and a hundred other things. So, you know, human contact was a constant, and then I would have my moments nice. of solitude where I'd recharge, and it was great. It was fabulous. We are so taking away a lot of that interaction, well, just through, mostly through technology, that, that those skills are harder and harder to acquire. For a guy like me, it was it was anxious. But I got there just because, you know, you wear away the stone. The thousandth time I interacted with a peer, it was much more comfortable than the first.
0: But the, uh, what's the right term? I don't know. The outcasts in high school or whatever. The, the people on the fringes. Right. They always hung out with each other. Well, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. I was on the fringe and I hung out with other people on the fringe. Do people on the fringe not hang out
2: with each other anymore? Well, oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. because If they an... are hanging out online, which gets us to our previous discussion, I mean, even in the lunchroom, the, what'd you call them? The stoners, the burnouts, whatever. Right. Um, even at that lunch table, if one of them said, you know, the usual stuff, plus, you know, I'd really like to have sex with a child, all the other what? burnout types would be like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, we're all in the black flag and we all smoke and we're all wearing this stuff, but you can't be sexing up children. Well, now that sort of esoteric, you know, desire sickness, whatever, right. finds a willing, uh, you know, group of peers online. Which, you know, another one of those differences between real life interaction and and, and online interaction is, man, you can be reinforced in any brand of sick on the interwebs. The online herd. Yeah, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the
3: Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience
0: of the nation. We we mean that tongue in cheek. We don't actually think we're the conscience of the nation. Oh, I mean it. Oh, you mean it? Okay. I do.
2: I, this that's funny. That's been a th- misunderstanding th- between th- us. I thought it was tongue in cheek. No, I'm actually trying it. to tell everyone how to live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> do do the, the 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 loners on the fringe get enough through social media just to take the edge of loneliness off enough that you don't take that risk that step to have friends? And real friends
2: in person. Right. It's 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 empty calories. It's a potato instead of a balanced meal. It's a you know, sugar instead of of, of nutrients. In my opinion. You're not starving not enough. exclusively.
0: You're not starving enough to eat that healthy food. Right. You're getting just a little bit of food, just a little bit of contact. You're so you're not deprived enough to make a friend with one of the right. other outcasts.
2: And you know to uh probably overfeed you the metaphor. I just reread um Slaughterhouse Five, the Kurt Vonnegut classic. And he talks about in the aftermath of some of the most horrific bombings and battles of World War II, uh, the only thing available was potatoes. So people would just, that's all they had. And they would get to this translucent, obviously very thin, um, they began to look like the flesh of an uncooked potato. Oh, just kind of turn into potatoes. Pale and runny and unhealthy and sick. And they were getting calories, but they were sick. And I think a lot of, not all of, but a lot of online um, interaction yeah. is, is like those poor sons of guns who are wandering the streets of Dresden after the bombing with nothing to eat but potatoes.
0: Interesting. Our text line is four one five two nine five kftc four one five two nine five kftc Wow, that's, a, that's some heavy stuff right there. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. That's, a, you know. Can electronic shock bracelets... Help with your bad habits. Oh, boy. I need one for my donut situation. Oh, boy. That, among other things, on the way.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Olympic swimmer Ryan Lochte returned to competitive swimming over the weekend after a 14-month suspension. He didn't know he was suspended. He just thought that's how long you're supposed to wait after eating. <laughs> that was uh, Ryan Lochte's dumb joke, or I know one of those. We, we enjoyed beating up on mm. Ryan Lochte over the years. Oh, yeah, what a dummy. dope. Unfortunately, I think his day is done. Yeah, what a dope is right. Um, men avoid using reusable shopping bags to not look gay, according to a new study.
2: Well, that's probably because if you use reusable shopping g- bags, that makes you look gay. Uh, is that, that real? There's a real <laughs> study. I'm kidding, obviously.
4: Yeah, do these people know what gay
0: is? Penn State... <laughs> Penn State University uh, researchers said that they're trying to figure out why men, in particular, don't use the reusable shopping bag.
2: I'll tell you why because I get there, I go in the store, I get my stuff, I get to the checkout counter, and realize at that moment, oh my, the bag in my car! <laughs> Every time, that's why.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting.
2: And then I say, no, 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 I'll just carry it, and I look at what the nine items? Surely I can, you know, between my pockets and my forearms, and I can. <laughs> And then I walk out, trying desperately not to drop things, and then get to my car, and in a similar fashion, realize, oh, I got to get to my keys. Yeah, or my, oh, uh, yeah. I got to open the handle.
0: And then I'm like setting some of it on the ground, or and uh, that's when I wish, I really, really wish I had a prehensile tail.
2: Penn <laughs> don't we all?
0: <laughs> Penn State found that people generally rated earth-saving errands as feminine, and were more likely to question whether a guy's sexual orientation, um. When he performs such tasks, according to the study. I hate to
2: say it, I kind of get what they're driving at. Yeah. If you're really persnickety about recycling, if you carry in a a recyclable bag.
0: They use recycling as an example and a couple of other things, along with the recyclable bag, (sighs) is being seen as feminine qualities and the sort of thing that you think gay guys would do. Hmm.
2: Just, gay guys, it, and so, how good are you at remembering the bag? And it's kind of subliminal,
0: I think. Not a, uh, I'm going to carry that. People think I'm gay. I don't think it's that overt. I think
2: it's it just doesn't feel manly, right. whatever yeah. that means. Yeah, right. Interesting. Boy, humans are a fascinating I beast. I kind of put it on
0: my arm like this, and I skip into the store.
2: And it's flowered, needless to say. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you know it's funny, Judy, my my sweet wife is, uh, she's a quilter and a seamstress. I guess is the uh, the term. Um, she loves to sew and she, she does these like custom bags for her friends, like travel bags and, cool. and, and all in they're, they're fabulous and they're great and they're handy. But I realized that the one she made for me, which is of a very manly fabric, it's black and brown. It kind of looks like I rolled it in the dirt and kicked it. It's manly stuff. It was just a little too small. So she said, well, why don't you use uh, this one? It's, it's a, a little bigger, very floral. Very pretty, some yellows, some lavenders, some light blues, And I said, no, no, that is not happening. I'll just jam my stuff into this bag and get it wrinkled. It's true. I'm not proud of it. You know what else is manly? The great space. hmm. Can I have a second take on that, Michael? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) You know what else is manly? Do you want me to start there or when I get to the point? Start at Mark. You know what else is manly? The great sport of baseball. I am uh, I love the game of baseball. I watch too much of it. I really ought to think about on my deathbed what I'll think of all the hours I've spent watching baseball. But anyway, we're talking about all the home runs this past year. Uh, the good folks at Espen have compiled the 20 most amazing and astounding facts from the year of the home run. Not all of them are amazing and astounding, so I have edited But listen to this. You may have heard the talk about there's a lot of home runs. Is it a juiced ball? The The pitchers sure think so. Oh, yeah. The Minnesota Twins are on pace to break baseball's single-season home run record of 267, breaking the home run record of last year's Yankees. Who else is on pace to break the all-time record? This year's Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros. The Hmm. all-time record. There are 14 teams currently on pace to break their single-season home run records. So half the teams. Yes, roughly. Uh, The Mariners hit or allowed a home run in 107 straight games. It happens every game. Boy, when I was a kid and you went to a ball game, you didn't get a home run every game. We mentioned the Twinkies earlier. The Minnesota Twins are five home runs away from setting their franchise record. There are 50 games to play. 50! almost um, a third of the season hey, what if they go on a cold streak well they may uh let's see
0: uh i saw i saw a chart about the distances too like 10 of the 15 longest home runs in whatever stadium were all this year that's interesting yeah they're hitting them a mile also so. yeah um less and less uh
2: statistical evidence backing up the it's not a juiced ball theory right You know, I'd have to do some math on this, but the Twins and Yankees got together, combined, uh, hit 20 home runs in a three game series, and um, the balls traveled a total of 7,875 feet. Well, divided by two, that would be 3,900, then divided by, so an average of 390 feet. That's a big poke. The, the Orioles uh, have allowed t- 223 home runs this season.
0: The leading conspiracy theory, if you haven't heard it, is Major League Baseball bought the Rawlings company that makes baseballs, and somebody got in there and said, hey, why don't you put a little rubber in there? Gosh, a thing? little
2: bit. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the Orioles have allowed 223 home runs this season. Trump is blaming Elijah Cummings. Right, Cummings is blaming Trump. The rat-infested Orioles. That's right, the home-run-infested Orioles Park plays. It's terrible. Um, there were four, well, uh, now we're getting a little bit into esoteric baseball stuff, but uh, yeah, there's something going on. I mean, the ball is just flying out the park.
0: Well, you look at the NFL. They they changed the sport to where 50-50 is not uncommon. and never happened when I was a kid. More people like it now.
4: The death of professional sports will be the courting of the casual fan changing the fundamentals of your game in order to try to increase scoring because we need, because we have to always
2: grow our audience. It must be growing. We can't ever be flat. Well, in the case of baseball, to prevent shrinking. Yeah. How about you have the dumb dums stay in the batter's box and not get out and adjust every single piece of gear up to and including retying their shoes after every pitch? Can we get on with this? <laughs> and pitchers, you last threw a pitch like 10 minutes ago. Get on the damn mound. <laughs> I have a life.
1: huh? All right. Armstrong and Getty.